Lance, Corso, and Catone. I think, I think, listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, would you have caffeine today? What the hell is that up Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome into Corso and Catone, the real deal New England feel. I'm Corso. Catone is here. Joe is flying the ship, and you're with us uh, on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or wherever you podcast. And hey, you know, you can watch us live right now on Podbean. Uh, so hey, we're all over the place, Mark. So, Let's right? listen to us live. Just okay. So you- yeah. <laughs> listen to you can listen to us live on Podbean. You can watch us on YouTube. So Check us out on Twitter also in our heated hotline, 855-313-PATS. Give us a call 24-7. Leave a message. Anything's on the table. We want to hear from you. Joe's going to pick one, so let it be yours, 855-313-7287. Hey, a lot happened this week, and uh, we're going to go back, rewind, and go over some of those things, including saying goodbye to a legend. And so we're going to do that weekly rewind. And, of course, uh, Mark will have us on our toes in Catone's comments. We're going to hear from one of you in the nation in heated hotline. And in real deal, is the Pats offense a mess? Mark and I don't nod yet. Don't nod yet. Mark. I'm not don't saying say anything yet. But Mark and I will discuss. So, gentlemen, uh, hey, Mark, Rick, Richard Seymour just went into the hall. Uh, Gee, nice to have guys like that, huh? Just a little bit ago. I didn't see it. I don't know who presented him. But I did see uh, Mr. Kraft was there. So was there. Yeah. that was uh, that was nice to see. So, uh yep. Guys, hey, yeah. Mark, Mark, you look a little, uh, little, you know, a little tan. You look like a. Look like yeah, a little I was away. I was away this week with my family for a little while, so yeah, I had a resting and relaxing week. But I'm ready to go now, and ready, of course, you know, still paying attention to what's going on with the Patriots, though. Football is here, though, Mark. Yes, Football is here, Joe. Yeah. Thursday night was the Hall of Fame game. It was. I didn't care who was on that field. But uh, Jared, he was he was drooling from Wednesday night. He didn't care. Chris didn't care who was playing. Jared Stidham looked pretty damn good, didn't he? Oh yeah, kind of rough. Why can't we get guys like that? Right? I know. Why not? You know. (laughs) Hey. All right. We got Zappy. What's his name? Zap. Zappy. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Zappy. You know, zap his way right out of town. So hey, listen. Like I said, lot lot to get to. A lot happened this week. So uh, let's get the weekly rewind, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going back, back, going back through the week. About a weekly rewind. So as the baseball season rolls on, Mark, um, and we've been talking a lot of Yankees, Red Sox. This we're going to talk about Red Sox now. Weekly rewind, but um, and I want to talk about them because God, what I mean, it isn't just about well, this season may go in the tank here. We may not. They may not make the playoffs or anything like that. There's bigger problems in Boston right now with this team, Mark. Yes? Oh, I think so. And we could see it coming, too, right? Like, we had been brought, we have brought it up on other shows about the philosophy of this team, the market they play in, ownership, GM slash president, uh, coach, manager. We've been talking about this for the last several weeks, and I think it's it's really now coming to, to a head at this point of the season, right? Yeah. Well, they deal vastly, you know, the catcher, 
right? Yeah. Yep. And to Houston. And so just, I mean, we'll get into how they did it. You know, talk about Hein Bloom in a second. But what is just that move alone? Because that was a little contradictory to the other moves they made. So what did you think of that move? Did, is that something that needed to happen? I guess they were trying to free up some money, Chris, because the other moves technically. So the Vasquez move frees up some money. So they brought, yeah, they brought in the outfielder, but but the Hosma move really wasn't financially a big move because San Diego picked up most of that contract. They wouldn't have made the deal if 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 they had to pick up Hosma's contract. And Hosma's having a bad year anyway. I mean, yeah, he can play defense, but his his best days are well behind him in in regards to hitting. So. The optics of it make it look like, oh, well, maybe they haven't thrown the towel in yet. They're bringing in Hosmer. They brought in this other guy. You know, may maybe they're still trying to be competitive to get to the, a wild card. But when you really look at what they did, it was for optics only. Yeah, you get rid of one of the hottest hitters on your team, and, yeah. and you have no other catchers. Christ, I could get back there and hit reach second base better than the catcher. They got back there now, right? And yeah. so the Hosmer trade, yeah, he's a name. But when you look at his stats, Chris, he's washed up. But is it? But the last two or three years, he's done nothing. Right, but you have to believe there's an improvement at first. I mean, no, there's an improvement. But if you went from there was really no way to go. But there was no way. I was just going to say that. My God, (laughs) right? I don't know. They have no pitching. No, but I mean, again, I I, when I look at the when I look at these moves, yeah, the Vasquez, it's 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 a it's not a it's a and the way they did it was absolutely well. And we'll get to that in a second. But but as far as the move itself goes, I didn't understand why that needed to be done. Honestly, I I I didn't really. His contract's up at the end of the year, isn't it? Okay, I understand that. But you know, what do you get? Let's see what they got back for him. But like. Was that absolutely necessary to be done to, to when you when you are three games out um, from the wild card? And I'm not sure that's necessary because it shook up the it shook up the clubhouse a little bit that particular move. And because he's a very popular player, okay, and you know catchers usually are, right? And and so it bothered a lot of guys on the team. And I'm not sure organizationally why that would have been such a need need to do. I don't yeah. mind the other moves. Because I do think they got a little better at first base. I mean, he couldn't get worse. No. So I think he got a little bit better. So, I mean, <clears throat> but you like you say, Mark, the optics of it. Um, first of all, you know, you're you're a you're a big market. I, I the philosophical conflict that's going on in this organization right now. You're a big market team, and I'm sorry, I, you shouldn't there. I've been hearing this all week about making the playoffs, okay. Well, if you're not competing for a championship, then blow it up. What the hell's the point? Be sellers, right? Yeah. I'm no, not sure I, I believe that. I don't I don't agree with that, I don't think. And I've been kicking, but listen, I've been going back and forth on this all week long. Thinking two weeks, thinking about how how should this team be operating? Look, I don't I think about the last time New York did something like that. I mean, can can you name a time? No, but New really- York's been skirting um Chris, the 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 payroll threshold and 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 yeah, they're winning this year. But there's been a couple of seasons over the last four or five years, Chris, where the Yankees could have went all in. And and case in point, um, the when Justin Verlander got traded from Detroit to Houston, yeah, New York was involved in those those talks, and what they wanted in return for Verlander. The Yankees said, 
they weren't willing to, to to give up whatever prospects they were willing to give up, even though none of them turned out to be, to be major league top major league play talent. So right. so the guys that they were going to have to give up at the time, who looked like these top prospects, turned out to be nothing. But the bottom line, the Yankees didn't pull the trigger because they didn't want Verlander's salary at that point right. in time, right? Because if they picked up Verlander, they probably would they would have won the World Series, not Houston. Yeah. Right. So, but, but, so the Yankees have done it, but just not to the extent that the Red right. Sox are doing it now. The Yankees always stay right around, you know, the competitive and right around yeah. the luxury. What the Red Sox are doing is a complete opposite of what they've always done. Yeah. And see, what you're talking about with the Yankees has to be explained. Yes. It so has to be explained. Explain yes. so when you have yes. to explain it, it's not glaring. It's no. not obvious. No. And nope. so what the no. Red Sox are doing, you can't do as a big market. I'm sorry. I don't agree nope. with it. And, 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 and listen, don't, don't, everyone's blaming Bloom, Bloom, Bloom. Bloom is doing, Chris, what the owner wants him to do, right? Absolutely. John Henry wants Absolutely. him to, you know. He's not doing anything without the, with that, without that rubber stamp. And it's just, look, at, like I said, I mean, since when is making the playoffs not a big deal? I, I agree. You know, there's some of the things I had during the week that I disagree with, in the, you know, in, in the local media, but that I do agree with. Hey, you never know. You know, you make the playoffs. Making the playoffs in baseball is a big deal. It's a big deal. I don't care if it's for one game. And you never right. because you know what? With pitching and hitting being the way it is. Listen, the Red Sox. You can, Chris. You the can Red Sox on in a one-game scenario. You trot out Avaldi, and he's on. You could win a one game, win a take all. I mean, look at last year. The, again, then you go on to the next round, right? Look at and, last year. And they have matched up well. Against Houston, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, they just they play well against them, and I don't right. understand why. And they so, played some good games against New York too, a few. Yeah. So if you win, you're going to end up playing probably Houston and New York in the next round. And you're right, Chris. They've played well against both those teams. So you know what? Get into the wild card game, and anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I I I I don't think that I give them a shot against Cleveland. Yes. Against some of these teams, they'd have to play in that play-in situation sure. or whatever Absolutely. you're calling it. You know, and like you say, hitting hitting is it's schizophrenic. I mean, you can hitting can go in the toilet. Will you yeah. look? You've said it last week about the Yankees. You know, they're getting away from small ball a little bit more, and they're relying on the heavy bats. Well, we know how that goes, and that and you're starting that could, and you're starting to see it a little bit now, and it could dry up quickly. I mean, know? Judge is on fire, but everybody else, it's starting to dry up a little bit. Right. Oh, they got rid of your friend Gallo, though. Finally, yeah. But uh, but 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 the point I'm making is get yourself in the dance. Since when the hell isn't that? And not only that, for where you're where you are, you're Boston Red Sox. You're you're three games out from wild card. You push. You push to get it. And this Vasquez deal. And now you know. Now moving to what you're talking about, and I said about the optics and the philosophical difference between players, the guys in uniform, and the guys upstairs. Yes, I agree. Bloom's not doing anything without the say so of 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 uh, ownership. But there's a disconnect here. I mean, and and you know what? They're not they're not shying away from it. These players are calling a, him a, out. Dis a disconnect between who, Chris? The players and the GM and ownership. This week. Okay, and what about Cora? So I'm going to get to him in a second because that's where normally, you know, what well, you saw some of these players, Bogart, uh, Devers. Um, came out when they traded Vasquez and talked about, you know, um, that they, do you think he's whatever? They Basically, they're saying, hey, 
no, I don't think they're doing good for this team or, or, or we're not going in the right. We're not sure what direction we're going in. I didn't see that move coming. So they're pissed off. They're pissed off. And now maybe they're just baby baseball, baby players and can't just deal with the business of it. But it hit him in the face. And not only that, what about the way he did it, Mark? Talk about that. Listen, it was classless, right? To, to, to a guy who's given his heart and soul to this team. He, he came up from rookie ball. He spent his entire career here. He ain't somebody you traded for. He's been here four or five years. This kid spent his entire life, uh, uh, professional life, part of this organization. Yeah. He goes and takes batting practice, and then all of a sudden, Cora's got to bring him in to the dugout and, and take him downstairs and say, oh, by the way, you just been traded to the team we're playing tonight. Are and you, that's you, not even, yeah. Are you kidding me? And, okay, and, get and, your stuff and go into the next, the opposite dugout well, in the it, opposite locker room. It makes no sense. And for those of you who don't understand what we're talking about, when they traded Vasquez, what happened was they were in Houston playing. The trade went down. He went out there. I mean, the trade went down before batting practice was happening, before the game. Vasquez is out there. Then somebody from the organ, and this is the part that, that I think is bad. Somebody from the organization, some some schmo from the organization comes and pulls him off the field. Mark, nobody from management was there. No. Nobody it's was it's, there. Yeah, it's it's bad. It was bad. It was a bad look. It was it was just bad all around. And I'm gonna be honest with you. If that's how you're gonna start treating players with this new regime, you ain't getting players to come to Boston anymore. I I understand. Listen, I understand. If you pay, people will come, right? And and that's the, so it does, you know, people are like, well, it doesn't matter. If you're gonna pay, then people will come. Well, the Red Sox ain't paying, I'm paying right no. now. So you know what? They're not gonna come. If it's an offer between the Red Sox and the Dodgers, or the Red Sox and the Yankees, or the Red Sox and and and, and the Angels, they're not gonna come to Boston if this is how you're gonna start to treat players. That's right. that, that's just a fact. Yeah, bad look. Bad look. Somebody from the GM's office there, somebody from management, somebody. They Look, you know how many guys that must be working? You know how many people they must have working in that yeah, organization that, that are underneath Bloom that could have been in Houston to basically explain to this kid what was happening? Nobody. And now he had – now Bloom went and had a meeting with the team, you know, in, the, uh, in a clubhouse closed meeting. Listen, that's a bad look. You're sending him in to have a meeting with the team. Listen – that's a, I'm going to tell you something. I don't necessarily. What's he going to say to them? I effed up. I screwed it up. Yeah, and, and I know, I know. He's going to, well, yeah, he'll make up some excuse about communication, right? I know they, they, they all the stuff happened with Cora. They took him back. He's our man. They said this and that. But I don't necessarily know how long this will last with Cora as manager either, Chris. And you brought this up last week. That, yeah, he's an analytics guy and all of that, but it don't work unless you give him the proper guys to use the analytics with. Right. He's not one of these other types of managers who's going to take a group of guys who aren't very good and build them up and build them up and then eventually make them into a winner. Like in Tampa, they had Joe Madden. So, yeah, they used the analytics for years. But Joe Madden was able to build up those young teams and when they gave him guys that, yeah. that you, you couldn't just push the look at the book and say, okay, number three, okay, come on in. We do 20 pitches, left hand, right-handed. That don't work. You're going to have to do some other type of managing, which yep. Cora, that's not his game, right? A lot of these managers nowadays, that's not their game. Right. And, 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 and also, in addition to that, I don't know. Normally, when you have these situations happen, with a disconnect between ownership and player, typically the manager's in the 
you know, trying to calm everybody in the clubhouse now. It's okay. I think I don't think Cora's in the camp of management at all. No, I think I think Cora. I think Cora was just as pissed off over the Vasquez deal as the players. You're right, Chris. And I think that's what makes Cora a good manager because he can relate to the players and the players will play for him because of his personality and how he interacts with them. So I think you're hundred percent right, Chris. Was he was in the camp. He was in the camp of the players. That's bad. When your manager who's not, supposed to be part good. of management is in the camp of the players. That's a bad, bad yeah, look. He's supposed to be that bridge to send the message and he's not. And you that's know a what? bad look. And as far as the GM goes, it's a difference between being proactive and reactive. You can't, you've got to see that coming. And you've got to have someone, someone's ass down in Houston to take care of that so it looks better. You don't have to be there if you bloom. Fine. But you better have somebody there because now you're reacting to their reaction. And now you're going in the locker room wanting to talk to them. And by the way, they're done. They don't want to hear it now. No, they're finished. They're finished. Finish, finish, so. finish, finish, finish. So we'll see what happens moving forward. It's an interesting dynamic. Um, yes, the trade deadline's over. They are still a few games out from the wild card. But that, not only that, Red Sox fans, everybody in the nation, Pay attention to how this relationship is going and who's going to be the first one to get pulled. Chris, they're not only there are a few games out, but they're chasing like six teams. I know. So it's not that's what makes it even more difficult. So it's not yeah. like you're three games behind one team, and if you right. catch them, you're in the wild card. Yeah, a lot okay. of things have to fall right. A lot of things have to fall right. And don't get me wrong, they can go on a run. They're good. There's a lot I, of games left. A lot of games left, but I just don't see it. Yeah. So I personally, I don't see it. That's one thing. And then the one thing I also wanted to talk about this week is Sean Watson, you know, that the, the, the suspension. Now, before you give me props, <laughs> okay, let me set it up. So for those of you who don't know, Deshaun Watson didn't play all last season. Um, wasn't really because of this. I mean, I, it was like an injury, and then it was he didn't want to play for Houston. It was a combination of things. Yeah, yeah he was sitting out basically because he didn't want to play for Houston. Right, right, but I think that if he wanted to play, they would he would have gone on the exempt list, the commissioner's exempt list for all the 20-some-odd 20 to 30 lawsuits, uh, sexual um, misconduct lawsuits that came against him. Yeah. Um, nothing criminal charged. And now the they were going to, they met about the, the uh, punishment. The punishment came down and it was six games. First of all, Mark, what do you think of the, what do you think of what they gave him for what went on here? Well, <clears throat> he settled like 30 of those cases. I think 23 of them, Chris, civilly already, yeah. right? Which yeah. means he's paid out probably. If he settled them, he paid out a, 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 a boatload of cash, right? Right, Okay. Yeah. So if you're paying out a boatload of cash, then, okay, I'm not going to say there was guilt there because he wasn't charged criminally, but some sort of action happened, obviously, between him and these women. Whatever that was, hey, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not going to comment on it, but he did pay out money. So my issue with the six games is this. You suspended him for six games, but this didn't come from the league. This came from the separate separate arbitrator, didn't it? Because yeah. the league's appealing it. Yes. Right? So he gets to six games, but the league suspended Brady <laughs> for, for, for what? I you, knew you took, he was going to say this, Joe. For, for, for a few, for what? Ear of the ball? Yeah. Okay, the ear didn't match up on the ball Not on, a, on a cold, rainy game day. And he got four games, yeah. and this guy got six. And, and listen, I'm not saying he did anything criminally. I, I I understand that, but Jesus, the optics, Chris. We're gonna go back to that word: four games for deflation of a ball, six games. Yeah. Look, it, it's like you say. I mean, I I had this called. Yes, I did. 
You know, but Chris it, called it. He said that there's no way this guy's getting suspended for the year. Way no. back when, before we knew Mac Jones was going to be a ball player, Chris wanted the trade. You remember? Everybody remembers correctly in the nation. Chris wanted the trade, was begging, screaming the trade for Deshaun Watson. He said, because he's not going to sit out. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we, now, we didn't do it, obviously. Here's the thing, okay? They're going to get their year, okay? The league, but you think, will get their year. I do. And, and you know, for me, I... I the, the punishment came down. I'm going to comment on whether I agree with it, disagree with it. I wasn't there like you, Mark. I don't know. Okay? No, my issue is, but you did. My issue is, but then you you, you suspended a guy for taking, I suppose, allegedly right. air out yeah, of a ball. There's, there's no equitable. It's it's not. I don't understand what the, well, the guy from the guy is. from Baltimore on video punched the girl out in front yes. of the elevator, punched her out cold, and yeah. he only gave him a couple of games, three, couple four of games. games. So, again, I don't know what the sentencing guidelines are. I don't understand them in the NFL. I'm not even going to try to understand them. You can call us in heated hotline and let us know what that crap is. But for me, the bottom line is the NFL got it wrong again. And here's why they got it wrong. Somebody gave them six games. It's it's to the, to the world. It's not enough. People are outraged by it, okay, uh, in support of women and this kind of behavior. People are outraged by it. So once again, here comes the league reactionary to what the public outcry is, and now they're appealing it. They're appealing their own suspension that was that was given out, and they're going to give it. They're giving it to a, a former judge that's pro state, so you know full well he's going to get the year. Um, I mean, Goodell can, he has the power to put who he wants in as an arbitrator, so they're going to get the year. So it will happen. But it's not going to happen based on, you know, the, the system they put in place. It's going to happen based on the optics and them reacting to it, which is completely friggin' disingenuous, Mark. You either you either care about these these situations with domestic violence and women's, you know, all all these kind of abuse cases. You either care about it and you have it in place and you just ha- bring the hammer down, or you don't care about it. But you can't act like you can't have this happen where it looks like you really don't care. And then say, oh, you're pissed off at us? Okay, well, then we'll care. You see what I mean? That's yeah. the problem with all this crap. And so yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, and, and, and uh, Mark, lastly this week, we uh, the world lost a legend this week. Bill Russell, um, longtime uh, Celtic great, and just a human being in general. Um, we lost him at 88 years old. Uh, he passed peacefully with his wife, which is, you know, for you never want to see anybody go, but but it's nice that it was a peaceful passing and, and Mm -hmm. we were remembering them all week. And just let me throw a couple of numbers in Mark. I want to get your take on this. You won two national championships in San Francisco, won a gold medal in uh, 1956, 11 NBA titles in 13 years, five time league MVP, I coached two championships with the Celtics. I believe people forget Um, he coached Chris. Yeah. And he won two of them. And, uh, Probably one of the biggest accolades is the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011. So, yeah, this, 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 yes, he was important to the Celtics, important to basketball, an ambassador of sport, but he was an important figure in history. When it came to to to, to pushing the envelope, Chris, on 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 race relations and equity and 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 justice and and those types of things, he was one of the first athletes to speak out. And to speak up, and and to talk about equal rights and rights and, and and discrimination and 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 he had the platform to do it. He had the respect of everyone to do it, and 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 he did it as a gentleman, 
and, yeah. and he did it the right way. And, and he kept pushing for that. And, 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 and I'm sure until he took his last breath, because that's just the type of human being he was. And, and, and you know, nobody, you got to respect him for who he was and what he was and, and, and what he stood for. And, and one of the things, Chris, in addition to that, on, on, on the professional athletic side, not the human side, um, you mentioned all those accolades. The one thing that is so impressive in win or go home situations, oh, win yeah. or go home, he was 11 and 0. Yep. Never lost a win or go home game. Never lost one. Yeah. So, so for they, those of you out there, Felger and company, that uh, they, they're backpedaling a little bit this week, you know. Uh, but really, really, really down. Oh, yeah, because the they bashed that era. They bashed that bashed era. It. Yeah. I mean, bashed it, saying, yeah. oh, that, you know, that was hard. Not, that was easy to do. You know, now this week they're tapering just a little bit because, you know, he passed away. The bottom line is to win 11 championships in 13 years is unbelievable. Um, and to be the human being that he is, that iconic photo of him, Jim Brown, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, yep. you know, Muhammad Ali with Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know, that yeah, absolutely that says it all. Right there. That says it all. So um, and the the way he transcended, he related to every he related to today's players all through the generations. And he gave a lot back to Boston. He was always here. Yeah, and, he did. And, they, and, and he had every right he not to be if he didn't want to. He absolutely had every right not to be. And so you know? and, and he has special I don't see bird. I don't see Brady. I don't see these guys. No, and you, Chris, brought up, you know, he had a he he related to today's to today's players in the players from his era. And and a perfect example was that was he had a special, special relationship with Kevin Garnett. They just forged a connection. And 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 he was one of the guys when we won the championship that night in Boston that he went to and and started grabbing him and screaming because, you know, I'm sure people know, but if you don't know, Bill Russell gave him one of his rings. Yeah, really. Garnett, and the night that they won it, he's grabbing Russell, saying, "I got one of my own. I got one of my own," and he's screaming it. And 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 I think he ultimately gave Russell his ring back, but Russell gave him that as yeah. almost like a motivation. But take this: this is what yeah. you're playing for here. Yeah, yeah. And so, so and he gave it on. Again, uh, a legend in so many ways, Joe. I know we went long, but we couldn't. You know, we'd be remiss if we didn't if we didn't talk about some of these things and and just the amazing, amazing human being. And for you young people out there, go go watch some things. Get on YouTube. Get on whatever outlet you can. Bring up Bill Russell and, and just watch and and you see the kind of human being he was. Bill Russell passing at the age of eighty eight. When we come back, buckle up. Catone's comments is next. So we just we just fi- finished a segment on um, you know that we were talking about Deshaun Watson, right? So I, and Chris brought up how the NFL. Is, is reactionary again? They're reactionary, and 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 I this is I wanted to talk about that today, and he didn't even know it in Catone's comments. So it was kind of a good segue, and even though he didn't realize it, 
All right. So the NFL is all about protecting that shield and 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 the shield and the league and that 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 persona and the name National Football League. It's a, a billion dollar organization, right? And they reacted. The the you know, people complained they're all kind of activists and women's rights groups and, and the U2 movement. That's a disgrace that this man got six games, what he did to all these women, and all of a sudden Roger Goodell. It puts out a statement, and we're, we're 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 disturbed by this and all this craziness, and 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 he he appeals. Okay, fine. Listen, this isn't about the Deshaun Watson case. This is about this this absolute disgrace of of a commissioner who's a phony, who's a phony, who could care less about anything except the brand and the shield, and that's it. Couple of cases in point. Also this week which kind of fell under the radar, that crumb, and I'm going to call him a crumb until he comes on this show, Aaron Rodgers. He comes out this week and says, oh, I've, I, you know, I, I credit my two back-to-back MVPs because I'm taking psychedelic drugs. What the hell is wrong with him? Psychedelic drugs. What? Really? Well, that's what he said. He he gave a name of the drug. I don't know what the hell kind of drug it was. Psychedelic drug. He shows up to training camp. He's in a wife beater, uh, a tank top. His hair's long. Looks like he hasn't showered in four days. He's got on jeans. He, You know what? Aaron Rodgers, go away. Go away. Nobody wants to hear from you. You can't win a big game. You can't win a championship when the money's on the line. Go away. But the shield protects him. He plays for Green Bay. It's marketing. He looks, you know, so you're not going to, what about him? Now he admits for of doing psych, psychedelic drugs. He drove him, did something to his body and head to win two MVPs. Roger Goodell didn't even address the fact. The league don't care about that. They don't care. They're worried about people that are deflating footballs. They're giving you, you're suspending those people because it, it, that was the integrity of the game. What? Really? Are you kidding me? Peyton Manning, they, 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 he, he, he he was taking HGC in, in his, his neck like it was going out of style when he was out for a year. They found out it was getting shipped to his house illegally. No, it was my wife. My wife, yeah. that was my yeah, wife. That wasn't name. me. That yeah. was, it was in my wife's name. That wasn't me. And Roger Goodell, okay, Peyton, yeah, it was his wife's. It was, she's a bodybuilder. He didn't take it. Are you kidding me? Really? Really? Come on. Like, this is such a, it's so ridiculous. Roger Goodell is a phony. He's a disgrace of a commissioner. And he's a puppet for the owners. I get it's a billion-dollar organization. And he and everybody loves the NFL. No one loves the NFL more than Chris and I. But listen, it's time for at least the league to show a little bit of backbone. When I saw what went on with Watson and then that idiot, Rogers makes that comment. I, I just had enough. I snapped. I said, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And and and, and that was it. And that's that's Catone's comments this week. Yeah, Mark, listen, and and I I've given my take on this already. You know, the only thing I I can say to that is um you know, it's funny because in any other in any other governing body, you have sentencing guidelines. So you have like a frame. Of, of what you can do to people, you know, when, when they screw up, you know what I mean? And for some reason, this just seems to be all over the place, everywhere. There's no rhyme or reason to what they dole out here for punishments. And therefore, they look like 
morons every single time they do it. Right, Ma? Oh, it's it's horrendous, Chris. Absolutely horrendous. But what pissed me off was when Aaron Rodgers come out this week and nobody even addressed it. Nobody even brought up what he said. Did you hear any response from the league? Nothing. No. Silence. Silence. Your psych psychedelic drugs. He's a goddamn cartoon character too. I want. I'd love to get Aaron Rodgers on this show because it lasts about a minute and he'd hang up on us. <laughs> a minute and he'd hang up yeah. on us. He, he, he this, out here. Yeah, it would There's help no, us. It would help us, but he wouldn't listen to us because he'd, he he'd get infuriated. Tell you he what, can't handle the tone. He can't handle it. But I'll tell you one thing. It was evident when you saw the draft and you guys were there. You you witnessed the draft. As soon as he came out, the whole crowd, this is Las Vegas. Whole crowd is just like, eh. he's like, come on, everybody. You know, yeah. it's the draft. It's like, no, everybody knows you suck. It's like, <laughs> they hate you. It's like, nobody's going to cheer for somebody like that. No, he's not a likable guy. He's not a likable guy at all. And like you said, Chris, the rules and, and, and the governing body of the NFL it's 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 unbelievable. That makes there's no rhyme or reason to it. So, Mark, yeah. I agree with you, and I think there's a lot of people out there that agree with you too. And we want to hear from you, so make sure you give us a call in the heated hotline this week and let us know. Leave some messages. We had a few good ones uh, last week on this. So, Catone's comments was presented by Studio Forty Two Designs. And hey, guess what? We're going to hear from one of you right now in the nation in heated hotline. Let's have it, Joe. This is Jim from Brockton. Yeah, now we know why Brady sucked in 2019. He didn't care because he was working with Miami. He had one foot out the door, and screw him for doing that. I am burning my Brady jersey. You guys are the best. Jim, thank you. Jim, you're right? He said Jim. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, Jim from what did he say? Brockton? From Brockton. Hey, Rocky Marciano. Um, yeah, so Jim, thank you for the call. We, we appreciate it. Mark, this is the other story now. OK, the Miami Dolphins, for those, you know, know, know what Jim's talking about. Miami um, was caught tampering in 2019 with Tom Brady. They were communicating with Tom Brady about getting trying to get him there um, to say nothing about the whole thing that Flores brought out. Um, well, did they also, they, did they they also say that. no? Did they also say that, they, that there was no proof of him wanting to right. throw games? Uh, throw games. Right. So this is mainly about the tampering involving Brady. So they were trying to get Brady down in down in Miami after 2019. See this and that this is another perfect example Chris of the league. They're going to get Ross on this, but the integrity of their game isn't they're not going to go after the integrity of the game. No, he didn't do that. He didn't right. he didn't he you know, he he didn't throw games, but no 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 no. But okay, we'll get him on tampering. Right. So Miami loses a first round pick this year, uh next draft. And they lose a third round pick, the one after, and I think like a million dollars. And the and the owner is suspended. For, you know, the owner is suspended for six games. I don't know where he would probably wouldn't be around anyway. So um, the bottom line is this: this call, Jim. Let's get to what Jim's saying because he's pissed off because we all saw it, Mark. You and I talked about it about Brady in 2019 that he had he looked like it. He had one foot out the door. He looked like crap. He play, He was playing like crap. He didn't care about what was going on. His work ethic sucked. It was. I say sucked. It was probably a little lower down to what everybody else is. It wasn't Tom Brady is the point. And now we understand that there were some other things going on that may have took his focus. So it's taken his focus. So now the, play, the the fans are pissed off. Now they're, they're hearing it all in New England this week that they're pissed 
This is why you, 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 you're disingenuous. You, you, you should have been giving it your all here and you're wrong for doing what you're doing. Where do you stand on that as far as Brady goes? Listen, I might be in the minority. I don't have a problem with it because after all the years that he gave you up here and, and, and the blood, the sweat, the tears, the championships he gave you, they disrespected him by not offering him the extension. So now in the, the, the year that he's going to be able to walk because Kraft agreed, we won't franchise you. He's out negotiating with other teams to see what his options are when he leaves here. He knew before 2019 he wasn't coming back yet. That ended. That summer, when they couldn't get the extension worked out, that ended. It was over. The relationship had been severed, and, and, and that was it. So yeah, little, him, yeah, long before that, too, yeah. Right? Long, even before that. Did you say yeah. 17? Yeah, 17. So, so, so listen, I'm not worried about it. That What he did with Miami, hey, good for him. He's... He's trying to get solidify his future. If Belichick had a brain, he would have extended him, and he'd be finishing his career right now with us. So uh, me personally, I have no problem. I understand 19 was an up-and-down season. We surrounded him with garbage. Anyways, right? We tried to bring in Antonio Brown. That didn't work. We surrounded him with garbage. Yeah, he did have garbage. That's it. He had garbage around him. Garbage. You know. Yeah, listen, you know, is he wrong? Yes. Was he wrong? Should he have been playing as hard as he possibly could, played out the string in the contract the way he should have done? Yes. Yeah. He was wrong for that. That's right. But, Jim, let me ask you a question, okay, if you're listening. If you have a job and wherever you work, okay, if, you, if you're getting treated like crap, if they're not extending you, if they're not giving you what you should have for the work you're doing, are you telling me right now, you're not on Monster and any of these other freaking things looking for a job, looking for employment somewhere else, talking about that, whether it's against the rules or not, you're doing it. Well, what the hell? Why is this guy any different? You know, clearly the Patriots were looking to move on. They were trying to figure out, although they that's the biggest thing they botched is they had no succession plan, so why not sign the guy and give him his $25 million a year, the morons? But anyway, that's a different top thing for another day. But the Patriots and Belichick were doing that. So what the hell's the difference? Yeah, I agree. What's the difference? Yeah, did he break the rule? Yes, they broke the rule. Got it. They're going to get punished for it. And people say, well, it's not too, it's not, you know, because Goodell came out and said, it's the worst, the most egregious I've ever seen. It's the most egregious act of tampering I've ever seen. So people say, well, then the punishment's not enough. This is an unprecedented punishment. This first so round, let me, third so round, let me it, ask it, you a question. It's the worst no, punishment okay. pulled out. Let me ask you this. So they're going to, Ross is suspended. Right. Brady's not culpable in any of this. He don't get anything. They don't no. penalize the player. They penalize no. the owners. The organization. It's part okay. of that CB, CBA deal where the right. player can't get punished for it. So, right. again, you know, it's just, Brady Brady ends up looking like a bigger selfish jerk than he already looks right now. But does he really care about that? Honestly. Well, you you know what's funny, that? though, Chris? The, care? Chris, the last couple of days since that came out, He's uh, hasn't been at practice. He's had excused absences. Yeah. Well, he don't want to. Well, he probably don't want to answer the questions. Of course not. That's not. What he, and 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 the what? cartoon character and company down there are gonna hey. let him do whatever he wants. Anyway, so listen, Jim. You know when you get in that situation, then call us back and let us know. But come on, New England fans, don't be babies now. Okay, it happened and went down. The organization is culpable too. So let's move on from that. Heated Hotline was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com. Allow us to be your voice. Coming up, 
Is the offense a mess? That's the real deal. And that's next. What are you writing now? Some working over here. You're talking about not just some working. That's why we are the real deal New England Field. It's going to be real. So, Mark, is, is, you know, we've seen now training camp. The Patriots have been in training camp for what? A week and a half, whatever it is, two weeks? Yeah, they've had, what, um, six, seven, eight practices now? Yeah, something like that. With and pad. Get, with pad. With pad. Padded practices started early this week. Um, and now, so, yeah, I guess a week they've been in. Um, and they're getting ready for their first preseason game next Thursday, right? The, the 11th. 11th, yep. the, against 11th. The, yep. against the Giants at home, right? Um, yeah. 4 o'clock or my time, 7 o'clock kickoff. So, um as they approach this, all you're hearing all week long is the biggest story right now is the offense looks terrible. Every media person that has a glimpse of it is walking away from this thing saying, wow, this looks bad. It looks bad. I mean, they're switching. It appears that they're, they're changing their offense. You know, bef- the offense they ran with McDaniels, that gap style running. Okay, and I can explain what that is in a second. They're moving over to that Shanahan type of offense, um, zone zone running, and as far as the passing game goes, less to think about uh, for the quarterback, less options for the quarterback, less to think about. So, to be honest with you, it's 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 a it's an offense that's designed for a guy like Stafford, okay, a guy like Garoppolo, guy like that that doesn't have the ability to read as well as say other quarterbacks in the but league. But Chris, that that's Mac that was Mac Jones's strength coming that's out of just college. That's what I was about to ask you. Yep. He can he can he can take information in and read and process and understand and analyze. Like that's his strength. That was his strength at Alabama. That's his strength here. His the opposite side of that is his physical ability, running, athleticism out of the pocket. That's not necessarily his strength, but yet you do need that in this new style offense. For some, yeah. Some, right? So yeah. I don't understand what they're doing. I I, I don't get it. I, I yeah, don't get I mean, it. and you keep talking about it. So if we're talking about Mac Jones, we stay on Mac Jones. Look, he, he's coming into year two, and everybody considers this year as an integral, you know, it's a But if you want year, him to make a second. huge loop, leap, Chris, why are you doing this? Well, I mean – Again, the biggest problem I have, not so much changing offenses because he's young enough in his career where, you know, he's only been in that system last year, one year, fine. Okay, you're changing the offense, but you're right. You tailor your offense, honestly, to the damn quarterback. I mean, that's the way the league is now. That's what you do. And they're tailoring their offense away from the quarterback, as Mock said. His strengths are to read. He's Brady-esque in that way, where it's cerebral for him. You know what I mean? And now you're basically handcuffing. You're taking that away, and he doesn't like it, does he? No, he doesn't. He's been very. He has shown a lot of frustration in practice. And and Chris, the other thing is to run that offense. The teams that run it ultra successfully have some top top notch wide receivers. Yeah, we don't have. So that's the other piece of this. In order for this to really work at a real ultra-high level, this type of an offense, you need some real good receivers. Okay, yeah, Devontae Parker has shown well in in, in, in uh, training camp so far. But we don't have that level of receiver. Yeah. And let me ask you this, Chris. Mm-hmm. Is this offense being put in because of our lack 
of ability mm. on the offensive side of the ball, coaching-wise. It's simplifying things for Judge and Patricia, not for the quarterback. It's it's simplifying it for the imbecile one and imbecile two because they can't decipher and, and, and read and understand as quickly as McDaniels did. For them to understand that system – it probably wouldn't have been able to happen for them maybe. So this is something simpler for them as well, because if you were going to run this system, Chris, wouldn't you have brought in one of those Shanahan disciples to try to help with the implementation of it? Somebody who's been part of that coaching tree or one of those coaching trees to assist you. You had every, uh, you had every opportunity. They're all over the league. They're everywhere. They're in the so oral division. A lot division. of this is, doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I think this is more about your coaching staff than, than your personnel groups. Which makes it even worse. Which makes the organization and Belichick look even worse as far as all the way back to the succession plan of Brady. For Brady and McDaniel. Look, you can't tell me. It's, it's, it's again, it's the reason you lost Brady. You lose Brady, but you didn't have a plan moving forward. Okay, you really didn't. You had Cam Newton and you had... Uh, uh, what's his name uh, that's playing in Oakland the other night? Uh, oh, Stidham. Vegas. Stidham. Okay. This is what's just so, you know, and so there was no plan. This looks the same. You want don't tell me you just decided you want to change the all. You woke up one morning in June and said, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to run the Shanahan offense now. Poof. No. This was something he must have thought to do before. And you can't tell me you, you don't see the writing on the wall with McDaniel to know that his options are getting limited. And he's going to have to jump on a job at some point. So I would assume he's making that change. So how aren't you scouring the coaching ranks to find one of these guys that can come in and do that? Or if you're not going to do that, hey, these two guys, you, you're taking two coaches. I'm not saying they're bad coaches, but they don't coach offense. So not only are you taking two guys from the defensive side of the ball and, and special teams and bringing them to the offensive side of the ball, you're now changing the system that they at least had some experience in. They saw it going on. They had to defend it. They had to defend it in practice. I mean, Patricia had to come up with a defense and to run it against New England's in, in, in practice when he was here. And now you're completely changing that. Mark, I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, I, I say that, but I, I just don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And a lot of things he's doing right now don't make sense. And Tom Curran said it because a lot of people said, well, with his press conference the other day, Belichick kind of alluded to, well, we just did it in this order. We basically put the system in now, you know, but we're going to get back to gap running. We're going to get back to some of that other offense. And Curran comes out and says, if you think Belichick's changing and scrapping this thing, you don't know him very well. He's going to stick to it. Uh, and, and, and so, and I, you know, I want to talk now about who, who it's affecting, who looks so, the worst in it, but Mark, I got a question real quick in Alabama. What type of offense is O'Brien and them? What are they running there? Are they running this type of offense or are they running like a new England old McDaniel? Well, they're thing? running, they're running an early new England offense. McDaniel made changes over the years, but what O'Brien is running is, has a lot of the principles that he had when he was here. So then our theory about the place setting, the place seat filler. Yeah. Judge I don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if that's true. Cause I don't know if O'Brien will come into this mess. Because you know, know that's why O'Brien's not here. Did you, hey, if those of you haven't seen it, go on. I forget what outlet Netflix or something. Go watch Belichick and Saban. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's a, a, a thing they did on those two 
in yeah. 2019. Oh man, excellent. That's good. It, it, That's it, really and good. they flat out said Belichick, the re, the rule they have that they live by, you don't poach. Yep. If a guy leaves, McDaniel leaves to go to another team, you don't take you don't take coaches. You just don't do. You don't break so, down so, another so franchise think, to build think, another one up. So I think O'Brien's contract is up at the end of the year. And if O'Brien chooses to leave, then I think it's okay for, for, for Belichick to take him. I, but again, I, I, he's know, still going to have to learn this offense. Yeah, no, he will. He will. He, he definitely will. You know what scares me, Chris? All the experts, well, I don't want to say experts, but all of the guys that are respected that cover the Patriots beat, okay? Yeah. Mike Giardi. Mike Reese, Curran, you mentioned Curran, Perry. Uh, uh, Perry, all of these guys, Chris, are saying that the Patriot offense is struggling. It looks slow. It looks indecisive. It, it It's just a bad, like, they just don't look good. And it's starting to become very worrisome. Okay. Yeah. Is there time to fix it? Yes. But all of those guys, Chris, who have been around a lot of training camps to a man, have basically said, but it's not going to be fixed because we don't have the personnel grouping or the coaching to fix it. To I'm fix not saying it. Belichick, Chris. I'm talking about the people around him that would have to fix this. They don't have the they don't have the expertise to fix it. It's so weird. It's just such an odd thing that they're doing. Like normally, the only reason you change a, a defense or an offensive scheme and philosophy is when you bring a coach in that's bringing it with them. That's typically what happens. Yeah, this know. is bizarre. It is bizarre. You're changing it because a guy walked out the door, but you're not bringing a guy in that does it. And there's plenty of them. So I don't know. I mean, next year you talk about O'Brien. Well, then the hell with O'Brien. Go get a McDaniel disciple, a Shanahan disciple. Go get. Yeah, one if of you're gonna guys. do this, if you're gonna do this, then you need to go get a disciple. Of, and of I like it. You I need like to go the get, offense. You need to go get a McVay disciple, Shanahan disciple, one of those guys that uses those principles in their offense. You need to go get one of their disciples if you're gonna if you're gonna keep this offense. But yeah. and it, it shouldn't be O'Brien. But and you know what else is scary, Chris? We keep talking about the offense, the offense, the offense, hmm. the defense. Who you and I both have agreed we think is going to struggle this year actually looks good against our offense. So how bad, how mm. bad is this offense really? Well, well, that's the thing, Mark. So let, let's, 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 in the time we have left, who's it hurting? Who, who looks the worst right now? I mean, the, the damn offensive line, they, they look so bad right now in, in, in trying to get this done. I mean, there are guys coming free all over the defensive front. Barmore throwing around friends, friends, uh, a winu is just like he like his feet are in quick uh, cement. Okay, look, can I just take a second and just explain that running style of what they're going to be doing just quickly? Yeah. Gap running is what they were doing. Okay, which means everybody hat on hat, everybody's blocking to and and trying to open a particular gap on the offensive line. Running back knows the gap they're going through, the hole they're going through, two hole, four hole, whatever, one, three, five. They know what that is. This zone running scheme basically is movement from the offensive line. So you're moving guards, you're moving your interior to a spot, to an area. So you're going to an area and your back is moving to that area and you're basically picking up the pieces. So you're leaving, you're leaving a side of the field unblocked, basically. And you're, you're just, it's a percentage thing. I got more numbers over here to block the guys I see. And your running back picks a lane. 
but but Chris, can they can't do the running backs are having trouble finding a lane. Picking well, can I ask lane. you a question, though, Chris? Isn't yeah. that the opposite of Harris and Stevenson's running style? It, it, well, we think because we dra- we didn't draft those guys for this. We drafted no, they, those guys based on exactly. our old running system. So right? you're trying to change a lot of things. These guys don't run that way. They never have. It's not like Le'Veon Bell. Everybody remember Le'Veon Bell, the way he would run if he'd find a gap in a hole, yep. and that was zone blocking. So with Pittsburgh, and that's what they're trying to do, except the problem is you let one of the most athletic guards go to, you know, away in Mason to bring a winnow over to guard Whose feet are like quick in quick uh, feet are in quicksand or cement? It makes no sense. The guards can't handle it. You got a rookie on the offensive line, God, that's trying to figure it out. Okay, you got to change a tackle with a flip flop. Who, by the way, Brown looks really good in camp. Brown looks good. By the way, Brown looks good. Chris, so so listen. So interestingly enough, you brought up Cole Strange, right? Yeah. So now we understand why he wanted to make sure he solidified himself with Cole Strange and maybe reached on him and took him a little earlier than than before because he's a perfect I, I know we struggled at times so far. He's an athlete, but yeah. but he's an athlete and he's a perfect fit for this type he of is. blocking scheme, right? He is. And Andrews can handle it too. Look, I have no doubt they're gonna get better. I have no doubt they can get better with it. And I don't know. I mean, you know, everybody out there, you know, all the guys you mentioned that cover the team. There is a little, uh, they're a little naive too when it comes to how football really works. You know, they're not switching the whole, I don't believe they're going to switch the whole offense that this is it. I I believe there are going to be pieces of the other offense that are in here too that cater what Mac Jones does. And maybe what Belichick is saying is right that they're just doing it at this phase and this stage of, of, of training camp just in case there are issues and then they can go back to what, they, what they've been doing. I don't know. I think the offensive line can pick it up. But I don't know how long it's going to take. And the other part of it, too, don't yell at me, okay? But just to give Patricia a little bit, you know, in his in his camp, he's cut thin right now. He's doing – he's coaching the offensive line. He's calling plays. He's supposed to be the fact – you know, the OC. Last night, Chris – And he's trying the, to learn the offense. I mean, that's, that's a huge ask. Last night, Chris, they had the team's – um, separated into two teams, right? Was it blue and white or whatever it was, red and blue, whatever. Yeah. And and Patricia is basically the OC for the, the, the one unit, and Judge was the OC for the other unit. Are you kidding me? Talk about it. Listen, I've been in plenty of locker rooms. You know, 4.30 this morning, I was up practicing at 5.30 with the team. That was fun. Um, that's why I got a giant thing of Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, what do you call it? Dunkin' now? Whatever. I'll call it Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Joe, anyway, he's, start, Joe he's starting to shake a little bit now from the coffee. Like this, Joe, you know what I mean? And I don't drink coffee, so like that, that, that gets me wired, you know? Anyway, um, you know, for those of you who haven't ever been in a locker room or in a, in a situation like this, football's different because there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of people. It isn't basketball. It isn't like that. Even baseball is a little more individual. So everybody's got to be on the same page. The message has got to be the same, right? The message has got to be consistent. And if you're getting the message from two different people, it's got to be different. It's always going to be different. So I, I don't know. I have no idea what Belichick is. And the guy that's most qualified to call the plays, which is that tight end. Nick Haley. He should be the one doing this. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it. And, and, and I'm going to say this, Chris, too. So what you just brought up about Belichick, at just at this phase, he's doing this, but there'll be a combination of the old and this. And, and But my issue with that is this. 
So you got a brand new receiver here, Devontae Parker. You got the rookie Thornton, right? Yeah. So you got guys here that don't know the old system. They need as many. If you're going to try to mesh the two, they need as many reps as possible in the old yeah. system as well. Yeah. So there's not enough time. Listen, that's what that was my point. There's not enough time, Chris. Listen, I was optimistic when, when we, we did a real early when the, the schedule came out. Joe, well, Joe, pre- oh, right? here it comes. Well, <laughs> here it Joe, comes. Joe, here comes I, the moonwalk. Listen. I told you then I want to see what happens in training camp. Right, Joe? Give me only six practices. Joe, go back and look at the tape, Joe. Don't make me do extra work. You guys, please. No, but I'm getting a little concerned. I'm not backtracking yet, but I'm getting concerned, Chris. Even your win total. You should be. You should. Even your win total. I I think we may have been a little generous unless something starts to change. In in our our estimation of win totals for the Patriots this year. And, And I hope I'm wrong. I think Mac Jones and Belichick combined get you eight, get you to eight. I think the floor is higher because of those two guys, but then we see. But then, then we, we see. see. Okay. All right. You know, so yeah. I mean, so again, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I don't know if it works. And by the way, seven, this guy's trying to do this at 70 years old. Just, you know, just as a side note, not that there's anything wrong with 70 year olds. I'm not saying that. Chris, quickly, how about what have you seen so far? I mean, I know we only got a few minutes left, but what have you seen so far with this defense? That has encouraged you or not encouraged you. The defensive front looks great. Now, again, we temper it because we don't the offense looks the offensive line looks so bad. Yep. But the defensive line um looks great. Barmore, even Gotchow, the defensive ends. Jennings had a, a sub in for 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 Judon. The other Chris, day, it was interesting. He looked great. He really looked good. That might be that might be his position, Chris. I we thought it would be. We talked about that. Coming into training camp, that Jennings, we need to see something out of him. Who's on the edge? Well, he's going to – he and Uche will probably play the opposite side. So those guys, that front has looked pretty good. And the linebacking core, um, Wilson has looked good. The, the kid they got from Cleveland, right? Yep, he's looked good. Um, what is it? Mc, Mc, uh, McMillan. Uh, what, the, the guy that was hurt all last year. Raquan yeah. McMillan, I think, right? Yeah, he's looked pretty, he's looked pretty good too. And Mars – Believe what? it or not, the secondary. Look, oh, I, I'm not go. as down. Look, I'm not as down on. I think the. I, and I want to. I wanted to ask. Now, is about, that? A, is that? Is it the secondary or is is I receiving core just? No, I think that. Like, see, that's what I was going to say. Because I, I wanted to ask you about the receiving core. I mean, quick, quick. Do you think that? I think the receiving core is a good. Core. I think it's an upgrade from last year. I think I it's think an upgrade, Chris. But I think they're struggling with this system. So I don't think we can get a true testament yet of where this receiving core is because I think they're struggling a little with this system. Maybe they've completed a lot of passes, though, out there. They've completed a lot of passes, and and, and the tight ends will look good, too. So to me, the defensive backs have looked pretty damn good, in my opinion. I think Mills has looked good. Um, The the other kid they got from Cleveland, Terrence Mitchell, has looked well. He's he's probably going to start opposite. He's probably going to start and, and, uh, you know – the the second that the uh, safeties have looked safeties good. looked good. You know, Chris, Phillips you know who's looked Duggar good. They and said, McCordy, and they've looked good. Chris, you know what they said has looked really good in camp. The yeah. kid that we talked about last year, the safety Bledsoe. Bledsoe they've had him looked- in the slot. They've had him yeah. playing safety. They've had him all over the field, and they say the kid is being is impressive. Yeah, and Wade has looked good too, at corner playing inside some. Um, Chris, the other kid that I told you I liked. Um, he was an undrafted free agent, and I said to you, watch this kid because he was hurt 
all through college, but he was one of the top recruits in the country. He just could never stay on the field. Was the um, defensive lineman, LeBron Ray from, from Alabama. And, and he is showing in practice that he can get to the quarterback and blow by guys. He, I told you before camp, he's going to make this team, Chris. I yeah. thought he would. And it looks like if he can stay healthy, that's always been his issue. I think we'll he's going to make this team. We'll see. Temper at six, play, six practices in. And by the way, the two rookies, Jones Jones. Yep. They've looked, they've looked decent too. They've they've looked looked decent. Pretty, the kid from ASU has looked pretty good. Uh, 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 Joe, Joe, he's ASU. Pretty he's looked pretty uh, good. But six practice, six padded practices going against an offense that's trying to learn something. Rookies and all kinds of guys. Yeah. Right. We'll see. And we'll see how they look on Thursday night. Thursday night, I can't wait. You may not I mean, sleep for five days. No, I'm, not, I'm not gonna sleep from here forward. You talk about coffee, I'll be drinking it. So make sure you tune into that game and then back with us to hear everything. And hey, by the way, speaking of tuning in, Pat's Nation. 30 minutes following every Patriots uh, every Patriots game, the only post-game show worth watching. Join Mark and I, 30 minutes following Patriots games for all your post-game coverage. First one, Miami, September 11th. So make sure you tune into that and come back next Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern for Corso and Catone. Listen, all week long, we're going to have – all of our shows up on iHeart, on YouTube, Podbean, any way you want to look, Apple, Apple Podcasts, every all these podcast things, right, Mark? It's all there. All there. It's all Joe, there. Joe, you don't even Joe, he loses track. <laughs> I lose yeah, track of it all. Many, Mark. I, you, <laughs> nobody can keep up. I don't even know how. I mean, I'm telling you. So make sure you're tuning in to us all week long. Give a call to the Heat Hotline. Gentlemen, it's that time. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, again, next week, 7 p.m. Eastern, come back. We're going to talk some more Yankees, Red Sox. We'll see how they did in that Giants game, the Patriots. And anything you want to bring to the table, we are Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. See you next Saturday.